In the name of Jesus, amen. Human needs for the care of body and soul are huge. And cries for help and needs come from every direction, and it seems almost overwhelming. Becomes harder to imagine that we can truly make a difference. But then we remember something. We know and we believe in the source of every blessing, in a God who has the grace to supply all of human need. And so we've been talking for several weeks about what that means for us. And in our first week of our Mission and Steward emphasis, we heard good news, that you have been reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. That is, uh, a broken relationship has been um, made whole again. Through faith in Christ, you have this perfectly restored relationship with God and with others. And in Christ, you have received the forgiveness of sins and not only that, but possess a new life in him, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And having received that Holy Spirit and God's undeserved favor and mercy and grace, you can speak firsthand that the Lord is good. He's compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, is faithful to his promises. Indeed, you can be an ambassador of sorts of Christ and God's reconciliation in Christ Jesus. Receiving God's gifts, <clears throat> excuse me, and encouraging others to do the same. And last week we heard that Paul called people like, I'm sorry, God called people like Paul and Apollos as workers in his kingdom. And they're not in competition, right? That they are simply the instruments through which God works. It is God alone who gives the growth. And through, again, the means of grace, the word and the sacraments, God works. Through the gospel, God works. Through the gospel, you are God's field and God's building, right? God's doing his work in you. God's incorporated you into his salvation, making you an heir of his heavenly kingdom and of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing. And as members of Christ's body then, and his church and his family, we have a vocation, a station in life. To care for others and love others um, in our congregation, in our district, in our synod, in our world. So we heard it today, although this one is from a, a different source, a different gospel. Uh, Jesus telling his disciples, you are the light of the world, right? Because they know the light of Christ. You are the light of the world, not in and of yourself, because you know the light of Christ. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Makes sense. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, Jesus exhorts us, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The light of Christ overcomes the seemingly overwhelming darkness that surrounds us all. 
the darkness out there and the darkness in here and in here. The darkness of this age, nor of any age, does not rule over us because God has given us the light of his Son. And that gift cannot be underestimated. It shouldn't be underestimated. It it often is, though, I guess. But shouldn't be underestimated. With Christ's light in our midst and through God's grace, we will continue to be God's field and God's building. We will continue to be faithful participants in his mission, ambassadors of reconciliation, fellow workers, all these kind of things who have vocations. As we noted, God provides us everything that we need to enjoy this participation in his mission. And to each of you, believe it or not, but I hope you believe it, God has provided gifts according to his purpose, according to his good and gracious purpose. And we've not been given all the same gifts, obviously, right? There's there's different gifts, and that's okay. We're unique uh, in who we are, what we do, what we're passionate about, all those kind of things. But God has chosen you to gift you with particular blessings so that you might be a blessing to others. And so Christian stewardship, the managing of the resources that God has provided, begins with the understanding that all that we have, all that you have, all that I have, all that we have is God's and is a gift from God. And that we brought nothing into the world and can take nothing out, right, from 1 Timothy. And because all that we have is God's, we should, we should behave accordingly, use it to his purpose. Expressed in the vocations or callings that we have, right, to our neighbor. We all have vocations that we've been discussing. And this week, we'll look at how finances impact our vocations. This makes sense. A father and mother use their income to feed, clothe, and protect their children, hopefully. (laughs) All of us as citizens use part of our income to pay for our taxes faithfully and dutifully as citizens, right? Each vocation makes a claim on a part of our lives, including our income. And beside the vocation that we have in our family, our life, under the government, so on, We are also Christians and members of Beautiful Savior and members of the church at large. And so how do we use our income faithfully in regard to this vocation? Here's the thing, and here's the thing that we're going to be doing later today as well. As base a thing as money often is, it can be used and transmuted or however you want to say it, used to bring people to the knowledge of everlasting treasure. It can be converted into food for the hungry, clothing for the poor, right? Items necessary, a toy for a child, uh, somewhere who has never heard of Jesus and thus transmute itself into heavenly value. A temporal possession can be turned into everlasting wealth. And so what we want to get you to see is that your support not only helps ministry, word and sacrament ministry happen in this congregation, but it also helps fund mission in the district as well, because we give a portion of of all that we that we have to the district, which then in turn gives it to Senate and it goes up and up and up. And this includes such things as supporting the ministry campuses at NDSU and UND, right? 
It includes district mission projects that have become synodical mission projects, such as building Christian uh, education centers in Kenya, spreading the gospel in Chile. The Bible includes patterns of people who gave from their blessings and in doing so encouraged others to be uh, generous also. So Paul wrote to Timothy, exhorting the rich in this present age not to be haughty. That means uh, think of yourself you know, better than other people and look down on others. Nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches instead of placing their trust in that which can be here today and gone tomorrow, we rely on God. And it is God who provides us with everything to enjoy. So an example of this, for example, and there's plenty of examples, but we'll do just one, is uh, David, King David, even though he wasn't going to build the temple that was going to come to Solomon, um, he put things in place so that it would happen. He gave the gift but also invited others. So he said, So I provided for the house of my God as far as I was able, the gold for things of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, and the iron. Who will then offer willingly, consecrating himself to the Lord? Then the leaders of the father's houses made their free will offerings, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers over the king's work from First Chronicles. And if you wonder, well, why all of this? Um, why all of this for the temple? Well, God gave Moses a blueprint for the tabernacle. Now we've got a permanent dwelling place. And, and all of these things were to reflect the glory of God and were actually done at God's command. But David relied on God and relying on God gives us the freedom to be generous to others because we trust in God's grace and provision. We know he's going to provide for our daily bread. And with God's grace, our faithful giving and God's mission become inseparable. God is going to use you and, yes, your money to equip the church to do the work of the Great Commission. That's just the way it is. The funding of this comes from you. And that those things that God has used to bless you has many purposes. Care for your family, of course. Support people in need through acts of mercy. Absolutely. Fund the mission of the church and the ministry of the church. No question. Your giving and generosity does make a difference. I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes, but it does. Author C.S. Lewis, you know him. I think most of you know are aware of who he is, right? Chronicles of Narnia, Mere Christianity, um, one of the most celebrated Christian writers um, ever. And he said, it's not a question of to give, it becomes a question of how much. And so he had some interesting perspective on this question. Here's what he said, quote, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. Fair enough. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc. is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we're probably giving away too little. It's just interesting. If our charities do not at all, if our charities do not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say they're too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot do because our charitable expenditure excludes them. Interesting from C.S. Lewis. The Lord calls us to give cheerfully to him a portion of what he has given to us. 
again, as a demonstration of, of faith and trust in him. And the cheerfulness and giving is found in, during and after the obedient act of giving and not always before it. Your heart always goes where you put God's blessings. And stewardship is not just a subcategory of the Christian life. It is the Christian life. And as such, all that we have and all the gifts that we see, faith, finances, faith, service, all these things are inseparable. True joy is not found in storing up the things of this world. They won't last. True joy is found in clinging to Christ who poured out his life for you on the cross and now gives you life in his word, baptism, absolution, and the Lord's Supper, and seeks to give those things to others. The things of this world are temporarily, temporarily entrusted to us by God. They're never really ours. God owns all things, and we will be called to account for how we manage the owner's things. Romans 14, 2 Corinthians 5. Thankfully, thankfully, the Lord has a great track record. The Lord has a great track record of blessing you. The Lord has a great track record of enabling you to be a blessing to others. Examples of generosity abound within our congregation. It's part of who we are. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to you. The Lord has provided and equipped you. And by the Spirit's work, you are generous. And you are ready to share. Amen. Now may the peace that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.